you're like, really, I'm really giving Google this data. Like I'm really, you know, kind of, they've gone, the lists have gotten huge with exceptions that probably shouldn't be there, but are. And I mean, like it is what it is. They, they, they have their power to do whatever they want to do. Um, we just have kind of a different approach about it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Crypto Basic Podcast. We're here with another Crypto Convos where we take the most important people in the cryptocurrency industry and bring them on board and have a conversation with them. And today we're we're talking with Luke Moltz again. He's back from the Director of Business Development at Brave. And he's on the show to discuss everything from the broken ad industry to how you can actually make some money right now on Brave just by being you know there and seeing ads. So, before we get started, give us a, the quick introduction of you for anybody who didn't listen to the last show. Yeah, sure. No, thanks for having me on too, by the way. Um, uh, yeah, I'm Luke. I uh, was used to be – I was in advertising for many years uh, before joining Brave in uh, 2016, back before there was even the bat uh, and uh, you know, saw what they were doing with the crypto, uh, with the Bitcoin uh, micropayments when I was in advertising and I said, hey, you know. Might as well leave this like great uh, career I've got here, you know, to go try this crazy <laughs> thing with the uh, creator of JavaScript and, and a pretty stellar team. And uh, yeah, and so I worked on the white paper um, and then was there during the token launch. And uh, and I'm working on uh, heading up the business uh, for the advertising uh, for, for the app platform, basically. So two things. One, I want the audience to know this is not a compensated interview in any way. You just yeah, yeah. you just asked. I said, yeah, get on here. Let's yeah. talk. Uh, it's important that, so that they know the biases aren't there. And second, I actually that's the first time I've heard mentioned the micropayments on Bitcoin with with the Brave browser when it originally came out. I never found that. What they yeah. were originally just taking Bitcoin. So it's actually how I it's actually how I found the project. I was um I was kind of in a rabbit hole looking at Tor stuff, and our our chief information security officer is Yan Zhu, and uh, and she had posted a, a link to a payment spec request for comment for Bitcoin uh, for Brave payments. So this was in March of 2016, and uh, then they, in September of 2016, they actually put the proof of concept out um, in the Bit, uh, the Brave payments beta, um, and so basically. Like, yeah, you could use, you know, use Bitcoin like you can use BAT now and uh, contribute to your publishers uh, every month. Um, but, you know, then we started seeing what was happening with uh, with the Ethereum and with all these uh, you can make a distinct use case for it. And then it seemed like a you know kind of natural progression to go to a token where we can just specifically make it about attention and uh, focus it on, you know, something platform based like what we're doing. That's super cool. And of course, there was no lightning network at the time. So micropayments must have been yeah, yeah. much I mean, more it, difficult to deal it with. It was like a there was barely a white paper for lightning network, I think, at the time. And, uh, and yeah, exactly. And I think that was kind of the thing, you know, Brendan was basically like, you know, we don't want to wait around for perfection here. And when we saw what people were doing with Ethereum, like this was before the whole craze, even with ICOs, you know, like it was like, OK, cool. Like we could we could do something here. And yeah. And so we kind of made a bet there and we're we're driving forward with it. So since since the last show, as far as like major things that have happened with Brave, once we go past the, you know, they're not on Bitcoin payments anymore. Now they're Ethereum network. I, I feel like you alluded to this on the last show and maybe even had this information, but weren't really allowed to give it to us. 
they 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 were now on Coinbase. I I remember being like, wait a minute, how did you not mention that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we got a, a Coinbase picked us up in November. Um, there in and that, that's been great. We actually just did a, a co-brand campaign with them. Uh, you know how they have those earn campaigns where you can uh, you can go sign up for a wait list and then uh, you receive a, a invite from them and you can get paid back to look for do things basically like uh, so like watch a video or download Brave and get and get that through Coinbase. Um, and so that's been pretty interesting to see happen. Uh, and uh, we've done a bunch of other things too. I mean, we, we overhauled our uh, desktop browser uh, in October. Um, and so now we're using a, a hardened, like uh, privacy focused Chromium front end. Um, so you can get all the extensions that you want through the Chrome store now. And uh, and a lot of the stuff that was kind of keeping people from making Brave a daily driver before. So it's like kind of like everything you like with Chrome with, with better privacy and, uh, and, you know, not the Google. Um, and uh, so that was exciting. We also put in uh, tipping in the browser. So in the URL bar, there's a bat icon and you can actually tip sites and YouTube creators and Twitch streamers like directly from the browser now and set up like monthly tips too. So uh, it's just another way to kind of like, you know, get the bat in the ecosystem and, and get people engaging with, you know, supporting content and stuff like that. Um, and then those have been the two kind of like new things that are out now. And we actually did an update today where you can you can get pretty much instant or near instant tipping uh, available. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was like a seven day delay before and, and that kind of sucked. So like the team really busted to get, you know, that near instant out there now. So those that are listening, if you want to make this into a compensated episode, please feel free to go tip us. <laughs> we do have that set up. I know it's been set up for a while. So Totally, <laughs> totally. I mean, and then, you know, like uh, other new stuff, I mean, in January, and I'm pretty excited about this, like uh, January 15th, we actually uh, introduced a Brave Ads uh, preview in our developer channel. So if you go to brave.com and at the bottom of the page, there's a, a link to our developer channel. Uh, you can click on that and then you can actually take a, a Brave Ads for a test drive. And we've got over... Uh, I think we've got over, you know, 32 or no, no, we've got 25 active campaigns. We've got like 52 commitments total to run ads and like about 400 ads in the, uh, in rotation right now, um, from real advertisers and, uh, and, you know, available right now. So that's something worth checking out. And then, yeah, kind of moving full steam ahead on that stuff. So for anybody that didn't listen to the Brave 101 episode, you can go back and listen to that if you want some real deep information. But the quick version is the Brave ad system basically lets you get paid to look at ads. And also lets that advertisers, you know, target without knowing real specific information about you. So that's kind of been the big overarching thing that, that Brave was going to provide. And we'll kind of explain the messed up pieces of the advertising industry and why that, that, why that helps in, in just a little bit. But I wanted to mention that I love using Brave as a daily operator. Now it's been my default browser since the Chromium switch. Now I don't know enough about the back end and what pros and cons there were as far as switching to chromium but for me it was a strict pro because i got access to the extensions that i didn't have access to before that i kept having to pop on to chrome to use so very rarely do i find myself popping on chrome and being like all right i have to use chrome because th this thing that we're on right now is a uh, is an instance the thing that we use to record interviews says use chrome don't use anything else so I've been scared to try to use anything else. <laughs> I made Luke agree before we came on that if I used Brave and it didn't work, we had to redo the interview. So yeah. I can't normally make that clause. So so that'll be nice. I'm glad you're the your audience was our test test pilot for this one. And uh and you know, yeah, like 
the number one complaint that I would get, like we would go to, uh, you know, hackathons and things like that. Right. Like where you talk to a couple hundred people, um, over the span of a couple of days. And like one of the number one pieces of feedback we got was like, I would just use it if I could just get my extensions to work. And the feedback's been really positive. I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff we get for free now on the front end that we didn't get before either. But I think like the main thing when we were doing this early on was that, you know, we get a lot of JavaScript developers involved by having it kind of like the electron based front end and and then we made it our own and then we switched over to chromium and so um yeah it's exciting i think we've got something that's like really competitive now um in the space that we can take to the mainstream and uh and really kind of position ourselves well in the market with everything going on you know privacy and whatnot for anyone wondering how it's gone for me since i made this my default browser probably right around when they when it became chromium According to my Brave front page, I have saved 3.15 days of my life. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. On the on the ads that have been being served to me with over 5 million trackers blocked and 350,000 ads. That's blocked. awesome. So. You can actually go on Twitter too and uh, and do a hashtag Brave Stats and uh, people people have been posting them and some of the people have actually been posting them for quite a long time so you can actually see those numbers kind of increase. It's kind of a cool thing uh, to have in the browser. People really dig it. Yeah, it is. It, it's a, just a little value add and it's nice to it's nice to see it when I show somebody. I'm like, hey, yeah, you should definitely be using Brave. You know, again, I've been compensated exactly one Hydro Flask. Like that is <laughs> that is the extent. Of that, so I've given, I've told a million people to do this. Although some listeners have clicked on our link or whatever, but I, I want to make it clear that it's just super genuine that I actually like this, like this platform. So, um, with the rolling out of the developer side, brave situation is there any risk or anything that might break if you start using the developer version? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great, great, great question. Um, so like. If you look at it, we have basically three release channels or three different train channels that we use. So there's this developer channel, which is basically kind of like browsing in the future. You know, like everything experimental is in there. You're going to run into the most bugs. And it's it's something that's like used for basically testers, developers and like really interested early adopters. And so we throw stuff in there first where we can really find out, you know, work out the big bugs and then uh, we have a beta channel that's also available for the public. Uh, that's a second second level of that. And then we've got our actual official release channel. So right now, this Brave Ads preview is in the developer channel so we can get a lot of feedback from the public. We have advertisers that are providing feedback. We've got publishers that are interested, that are looking at this stuff. And what we really want to do with this is basically like, we started an early access program with advertisers uh, mid-year last year. And basically, like we're working with them to kind of like say, look, here are the building blocks here that we, we can create for you to have a really uh, genuine and authentic direct experience with a user that says yes to advertising and like they get rewarded they're included you know and and uh and let us know like give us feedback on what we can do to make it the right thing for you and by the way here's a bunch of new things you couldn't do before with our with our ad platform so it's a test and learn kind of process right now but uh we're, we're kind of iterating towards getting this big general release where everybody will be able to use it on desktop yep and i'm looking forward to that because again i'm I I probably will use the developer setup just to get just to get a good look at everything, but I'm always like worried that I that I'm going to do something stupid in the middle of an interview or whatever the case and and blow it up. I am not a developer. I don't know enough about coding to to trust myself with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, and and it's one of those things. Yeah, like I'm actually I'm using it right now <laughs> for this. Oh, I'm perfect. using our, our developer channel, and uh, and it's worked so good, pretty good so far. But but that's that's a great statement. Like anything that you you know. 
if you're looking for something stable, our, our general release channel is the one to use. Uh, but, you know, if you want to get a look at stuff that's coming down the pipeline, like I think we had Sync in there early and, and a couple other things that people have been interested in. Yeah, give it out. All the links are at the bottom of uh, Brave.com. Oh, beautiful. So the Sync is going to work with uh, Android phones? Yeah, yeah. So you can see your the first step is like bank bookmarks, but eventually, you know, you, you'll be able to like transfer over, you know, your uh, your wallet will be something that you can kind of transfer from mobile to desktop and all be client encrypted. So uh, locally and we don't know any of the data, we can't break the encryption, all that good stuff. All right. A couple more specific brave questions before we get into just the overarching talk. Yeah. What would be if if you were going to a person who was looking to do ads and you're saying, hey, Brave has this very specific thing over Facebook or it has this very specific thing over Google ads or, you know, something like or PPC or whatever. What would that be? Yeah. So, I mean, basically, like it's pretty it's pretty simple, right? Like our ad platforms opt in. So if you're an advertiser and you want to spend money with us, every single dollar that you spend is going to be put in front of a user that has said yes to advertising right. and to to an experience that rewards them and, and includes them in the exchange instead of having them kind of be tracked in the background. And so, like, that's kind of the simple value prop that we can deliver them. Also, you know, like, we're removing all those intermediaries between the advertiser and the user, and we're creating a condition where advertiser has an ad tab that they can re-engage with the user with, you know, the user can come back to at a convenient time, and, and and rewards the user for their attention. So it's really kind of a different type of experience that they get with us uh, that hasn't really been around before. That's that's a per- that's a perfect segue. So going from the shady model of what advertising is doing now, which is tracking everything without telling you, right, and selling that data and leveraging that data, and you having to protect yourself from that, which is actually part of what's built into the Brave browser. The advertisers who want to advertise to engage people on Brave can just say, these people, have already, they've already opted in. They're already interested in this. Or not this specifically, but they're interested in seeing ads. They don't yeah, care. Exactly. They're not going to be mad if you show them an ad. Yeah. I think that's a big difference because I run into this thing where I'll see like a YouTube channel. And one of those ads that plays in the middle of the YouTube channel where there is no way to skip it. And it's it just plays in the middle of somebody's sentence. It's not yeah, like the they really did a good job of picking where that was, like it was a TV commercial. I just quit. I just leave whatever I'm doing right there. And I'm like, I can't believe I just saw that. And I get out. So if you know what you're looking at, you know where it's coming, I think that's gonna I think it's gonna help. So as far as the broken ad industry, the big thing that I want to talk about there is you mentioned the intermediaries, and I feel like they're a big piece of what needs to kind of be molded and mess around and go together. So what is their kind of place in all this? Yeah. So like it's, it's something where if you look at the way advertising, the business end of it and the way that, you know, the advertising runs on the internet, it's, it's still pretty similar to how it was, you know, 20 years ago, you know, you're, you're, they're collecting data from a user. Uh, they're using that data to match ads uh, in, in the cloud and send those ads to users. But the problem is, is that, you know, programmatic advertising took over and all of a sudden everybody has devices that are getting tracked all the time. And, and you've got all these these different uh, uh, pieces of signal coming through. And so 
there's no real trust within the advertising industry anymore. And and let me clarify that by saying like, you know, we used to have clients at my former job where they would, uh, they were publishers and they would have us look at the ads that the agencies would send over and see how the agencies were spying on the publishers and the publishers and the uh, agencies are both tracking the user. And so like nobody really trusts anybody. Everybody's dumb checking everybody else. And so like, if you look at like a single, you know, square ad on a page, you could have four or five different vendors on there um, because everyone's chasing to confirm the same impression. And I think that's what's really interesting about, you know, where cryptography and where the blockchain will eventually kind of like d- uh, change the space up is where, you know, you only need one source of truth or you can use a certain type of like uh, cryptographic protocol to like verify that something happened or confirm that something happened without having to have four or five different vendors in the way that are all going to give you like 10 to 15 percent discrepancies and you end up like losing a lot of money like the only people that win are the people whose you know agency gets to uh get to get to use their reporting so like overall like all these things tax the user but it's a mess like it's a complete privacy mess you know and and people you know people have different feelings about privacy but like with the way that the laws have changed in europe it's becoming a big liability for businesses because publishers now have to make sure that all their vendors are being presented to users in europe and like American businesses have to deal with that crap too. And so like, it's one of those things where, you know, it's a regional regulation, but it has a global impact and you're starting to see other laws passing in like Brazil, which goes into effect in 2020 in California, where they're similar to GDPR. And like, now it's like something that where it's a business requirement. It's not just about, you know, does someone care about their privacy? It's about like, do I care about having to get fined a huge amount of money for not keeping track of, you know, consumer data or something like that. Which I guess is part of the incentive structure that's needed to solve that problem a little bit. The most interesting thing you said in in all that was how many people are in one little ad trying oh, yeah. to verify that it's accurate, that it's actually targeting the right people, that it's actually being viewed by the right people and that the impressions that are being reported are real. Right. That I never thought about that. Yeah, of course the advertiser has incentive to lie about their impressions and of course, the person who's buying the ads has an incentive to try to tell them they're lying so they can get a cheaper price. Oh, yeah. Well, and then you've got things like, you know, people uh, do publisher spoofing where, you know, they can run a bunch of bot traffic and, 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 and make a ton of money off of the system. I mean, ad fraud is a huge problem. And, uh, and it's like, I think it was like $16 billion last year or something like that. It's an re- egregious amount of money, right? That That's getting kind of like, absorbed by fraud and by kind of removing that those intermediaries you know there's less points to fake things and less things to exploit in the mix and uh you end up with a with a cleaner system and the focus changed in advertising it used to be about like matching an ad to the right content and then you know hoping that whoever's on the other end you know connects enough with that to to do something then it changed to like tracking audiences and tracking individuals and it became this whole bidding thing where you know the winner is the one who can get the best price based off of the amount of user data that's collected and it's just it's just a myth it's not it's not advertising it's it's about like you know data instead of advertising and so like you get into these situations now where you have people in the industry arguing about whether they care if someone even saw anything, which is just like, it's like, of course you should care. It's advertising, right? Like, but there's this whole thing. You can look it up, like look up viewability and you can look at it. It's on, on a search for it. And you can find like, there's a ton of debate in the advertising industry about it. And the, the standards are really crappy too. It's like, if you see half of an ad for one second, then it counts as a view. And like, I can put ads in front of people all day 
uh, and they won't even really see them, right? Like everyone's kind of trained to turn off, you know, the box in front of them. And so, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we really come in to like shake things up and say, look, like things can be a lot more direct without having to have all this junk in the middle. And, and when you look at how Google and Facebook have grown too, like most of the ad spends kind of ends up touching them in one way or another. And I don't know, there's got to change. And it's the only reason it hasn't changed is because there hasn't been an incentive structure to make it change. And so like, by, you know, making new technology that can get you a similar picture of data activity that's actually more accurate um, and that can give you better matching, you know, by doing it locally instead of having all these parties in the cloud collecting profiles on everybody. Like, uh, it's a better tool. Like, it's a better way of, of matching people with offers and, and, you know, rewarding them for their time. That is, in, it's insane to me that people in the advertising industry at some point have had a conversation where they said, I don't really care if anybody sees this. Oh, dude, I was at a viewability workshop at Google. I think it was like 2014. And, and I went to one in New York and I went to one in their San Francisco office and they both had panel discussions with all these industry big wigs. And yeah, literally same debate in two different, in two different uh, parts of the country uh, about the same issue. And it's like, I just sat there and thinking, am I the only crazy one in this room? Like if I, <laughs> If I pulled anybody in off the street to look at this, they'd be like, we're giving these people money, you know, like this is insane, you know? Wow, that's that's so mind blowing. I love learning this new stuff where I'm just like, yeah, advertisers don't care if you see it. I mean, I've seen black hat uh, marketing and and the bot things and it, it, all of that's been like a peripheral thing that I've run into. I own a couple of businesses, so I, I do in run some advertising. I don't really advertise for this podcast, but like for the for the escape rooms or for uh wild foods we do ads and yeah black hat marketing and and bot clicking and all that is very legitimate and i don't know how to save myself from that oh yeah That's there's, there's incentive it, structures yeah it's just it's just the game like uh it's the way that it's the way that it works and i think that's one of the reasons why it's taken a really long time and, and there hasn't been a lot of interest to move out of the existing ecosystem is because one like it's like 90% of Google's revenue. And then two, like, um, you know, there isn't a different solution yet. Like uh, everybody's in this game. You can't really tell the bad stuff from the good stuff, you know, like because it's all kind of served in a similar way. And nobody's right. presented a new way of doing it that doesn't require, you know, stuff that can be easily spoofed. And and the answer isn't just throwing more vendors in the mix because then, you know, like there was a meth bot uh, study. Uh, White Ops did it. It's, it's just worth taking a look at where basically like all these this bot farms were like, you know, spoofing viewable impression traffic, all this crazy stuff. And, and it's just stuff that, you know, it's a world we're in where like you got to get the word out. But like. There's so much garbage out there. It's just like, you know, you never really know who's real, who's not. And so, like, that's one of the things we're trying to do is make it so, like, okay, we can have a reporting system with integrity. You know, we can reward people and then have, you know, have them kind of like you're getting real people here, basically, is, is what we're trying to pitch and, and, and a better way of serving ads. Yeah, that's so Facebook kind of started to yeah. try to solve that problem. I mean, because they're serving it to specific people, but those people didn't want ads they never wanted ads but signing up for facebook was always an ad free experience and it was always cool it, right in the movie right the the character uh, justin timberlake played him at uh, the Netflix oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 he was yeah. like ads aren't cool facebook's cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> well and and there have been good efforts like like to try and make it work better and there actually have been some clean ad efforts that have been out there it's just it's just one of those things where like at a fundamental level like you're asking people to give up so much privacy for a relevant ad that most of the time isn't really that relevant. And and other times it's just downright creepy. And so like, yes. you know, like then it's kind of like, okay, 
what's really going on here? And like people just have no idea too. And, and they don't have time to, to figure this stuff out either. Right. Like it's, it's one of those things where like, if you start from scratch and, and figure out, you know, okay, what's the real problem here? Well, we need to be able to tell when something happens. Okay. Well, you know, like how can we do that with a, a new way that doesn't require, you know, giving your life privacy away or like ripping the window shades off your windows, you know, in order to see an ad, you know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of silly, you know, how, how this stuff's evolved, but it has, and it's huge business. So it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're in a unique position where we already had a product and, uh, and we still want publishers and, and things to be able to monetize on the internet. And, uh, you know, we can have the opportunity to do something kind of from scratch, uh, with, with new, with new approaches. And, uh, and that's what we're aiming to do. One of the funny things that I do to Facebook to combat this problem, I, I try not to be on Facebook pretty much at all. Mm-hmm. But when I do, I it's the last thing that I use Firefox for, literally. <laughs> I open up Firefox. I put Facebook in a container. Mm-hmm. And I access it and look at what I need to look at. And then I also intentionally go look at some real dumb stuff. Uh, <laughs> like if I'm thinking of looking at something dumb, I do it in that container. And I have gotten fed some of the most hilarious ads <laughs> since I've been doing that. Like penis keychains, like it, it's, it's weird. It's amazing. Like, yeah, I mean, and it's funny because you know, like the the ways that the ways that are presented to people if they want to opt out are kind of disingenuous too. Because like if you want to opt out, they say things like, "Well, you can opt out of like target or uh, personalized advertising or something," which is a total crock. You know, like you're, you're, they're still collecting all the data. Like you go in and you you hit opt out for these things, but if you clear your cookies, it removes the opt out because it requires a cookie. So it's like it's kind of stupid because you. Know, you know, like the cookies are the things that are using to track you. You have to use another <laughs> cookie. It doesn't stop them from collecting data. It just labels it differently. And, uh, and then by the way, you're also feeding them a new signal that says, Hey, I'm smart enough to know, or I care enough about my privacy to know that I am going to go in and turn the setting on. Right. So then it might be something that uses a vector to target different things to you in a different way. Yes, so it's not like, VPN advertisements. It's, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, and, and Google's so big, right? Like, and Facebook are so big that, you know, they, they used to silo out this data. Like they, and in 2016, they changed their privacy policy and they actually caught some flack for it because it was kind of a, a quiet change to happen in the background. But basically their, their ad data used to be separate from like Gmail or other uh, product data. And then they basically ripped that silo out and they moved to kind of putting everything around your authentication. So like, uh, you know, their APIs, you'll use uh, your, your, it'll handle it one way. If you're signed into Google, it'll handle it another way if you're not, but it still just keeps collecting data all the time. And, uh, and so there are things that we run into like compatibility issues, right? Where they're using the same domain for advertising and tracking that they're using for another service. So you have a dependency there where if you break it, um, you, the service just doesn't work. And that's what we used to run into with our, with our old desktop browser a lot was things like Hangouts wouldn't work properly because they're using GStatic or some other domain that they also use for ad tracking. And it's like, uh, it was a constant kind of battle that we were dealing with. Have you considered the, the Cobra problem when thinking about like the, um, the incentives and it's possible you don't know what that is. Uh, I'm going to explain it even if you do, because the listeners may not, yeah, yeah. but the Cobra problem was the, they put a bounty on the heads of Cobras forever ago because there were too many of them. And if anybody came with the head of a Cobra, they got paid a certain amount of money. So instead of solving the Cobra problem, what it did was create a Cobra farming industry. <laughs> so in the end, when they started to reduce the incentives, there were more Cobras than there were in the, like in the beginning or something like that. It was, it had the wrong effect. And sometimes that happens with incentive models. Look at <laughs> Steam it. The Steam it had this great, cool thought in its head of let's reward people for good content based on what other people think, kind of like a Reddit, but with money. 
And what happened? Everybody started trading votes, and now it's just a complete crap thing to look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and that's a great question too, and that's a good story too. I hadn't heard that model or that example used uh, in in any of these interviews yet, so it's like super interesting. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a good question too. Like one thing that we've been putting a lot of care into is like, okay, we use zero knowledge proofs to do uh, to to report data back uh, without tracking the user, but like, what are we rewarding the user on, right? Like, and in this in this phase where we're just really trying to get the fundamentals right, um, you know, we put a lot of time into kind of thinking about, okay, like, what events are we rewarding people on? So like, if you opt into Brave Ads, right, like we're going to give you a reward for viewing an ad. So like, you see a notification come in, you'll get a you'll get tokens for that. Like, uh, you won't get tokens for clicking on things, right? Like, because what we don't want to do is create a model where uh-huh. a marketer is saying, "Look, you guys are people are just clicking on stuff because you're giving them things, right?" Like, and it's got to be like so. This way, it's kind of like a reward for opting in uh, by seeing by seeing something and getting some bat for that. But we can still use these proofs to basically like have reporting as well and have a funnel. And then what we'll end up iterating towards is things are things where like you could opt to, to provide some more data or, 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 you know, categorize yourself in a certain way for cohorts or something like that, where like I'm into sports, you know, like I'd verify it and get some bet. Or like I look at a BMW uh, ad and it's on a full tab and, oh, I can click this to get open the hood for five bat, uh, take it for a test drive for 200 or something like that, where like we will be able build in deeper engagement where you can get rewarded for that. But from a very baseline, uh, you know, we're giving people bat for opting in and viewing ads, not for clicking things, because it's a really important thing for us to make sure that, like, you know, we're not skewing the 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 uh, biasing the, you know, the value that marketers will have from having, you know, us for message testing and things like that. Okay, that's that makes a lot of sense. So, so you're ta- you're saying even like a physical thing, like going into a going into a car dealership and test driving that car would provide the reward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, there's a whole bunch of things that we're testing out, like uh, uh, approaches, like case studies, right? Because we've also got tipping in the browser, so you can see like something for like a nonprofit where we we offer them like a like a free ad where you know uh, they see to for their cause, and then a, a user goes to the page, and then they can just tip directly in the page because the the nonprofit's verified with us. So um, you could set up like a monthly tipping for a cause or something like that. But there's other stuff too, like you know, fill out a lead gen form and get get reward. And, and a whole bunch of different things. Right now, the focus is just on getting the reporting stood up and kind of like and, and getting the baseline for attention going. But then, you know, there's a whole slew of things that we're trying to do. I mean, if you think about, you know, no one's really had an, an ad format that is a, a full tab experience where like, you know, there's full page ads, but like nothing that's like a full tab that you can have or hang around for a while. Like if you're an advertiser, you could put an hour long ad in a tab. And a user will probably, if they're into long form content, watch that. So it's all of a sudden some vehicle that you can put exclusive things into for our audience. But it's a thing you could also re-engage with the user from. Like you could make a game into it or you could do a whole bunch of other things that you couldn't typically do in an ad uh, for the web. That sounds super cool. The the opt-in right from the beginning, one of the standards of marketing is go to a landing page, have an opt-in, have an ebook, have a movie, a video of, oh, here's the five tips to 
not losing your money when you're transferring in a crypto wallet, whatever, and getting the email address, how much easier would it be if you could just reward somebody with some basic attention token and be like, you want some money here, opt in. Totally, <laughs> cool. totally. And I mean, like, we're not opposed to like users giving advertisers data either. Like there's a whole th- slew of things that they can do. It's just our, our perspective is, you know, it's got to be the user's decision to give that data to the, to the brand, you know, and, and that's where the whole, you know, by having an opt in, it, it creates that kind of relationship by having opt in and by blocking anything that would kind of illicitly track them, you know. Yeah, I would not mind getting tailored ads from Facebook or from whoever as long as they didn't have the information for being able to target me. If they're getting it from somewhere else without knowing exactly who I am, maybe I'm going to see a relevant ad, but I don't want them building a psychological profile of me and then being able to change my vote in a presidential election or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, you know, I spent years doing this stuff and, you know, I couldn't tell you where the data stops, right? Like from an ad, right? You get one ad and I can't tell you where the end point is because these these vendors just hop things from vendor to vendor. And that's why you go to a page now and sometimes it just looks like it never stops loading. It's because there's constantly requests going back to the servers about passing them data about what you're doing. And it's like, it's kind of gnarly that we're in as 2019 where we have like great technology that's like super fast, but the browsing experience is getting better, but like it's, it's still slowed down because we haven't figured out a better way to serve ads and monetize things, you know? And so that's kind of what we're trying to do is say like, look, your smartphone does more than what, you know, the Apollo mission could do on space yeah. <laughs> in space. And like, uh, you know, why don't we put a smart uh, ad matching engine directly on the device instead of having all these companies basically create an industry off of your data that you get nothing of value from. So speaking of smartphones, uh, do you know if all ERC 20 tokens or brave in particular would be being able to be used on the Samsung uh, wallet that just got announced. Yeah, I just heard about that. I mean, like, I'm not sure um, what I'm not sure what our if we're going to be able to be supported there. Um, I know that we were we were part of a. I think there was came out in December. Uh, I think the HTC Evo phone uh, was using Brave as the uh, default right, that browser. Was the blockchain phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're we're tinkering with stuff like that. Um, I'm not sure specifically about the Samsung uh, uh, approach here, but uh, but yeah, I would just say stay tuned. If it'll it'll show up if it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got one coming. So. I'll, oh, awesome. I'll let the listeners know. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> Have you made any progress or had any thoughts about connecting with something like Civic or something like Ontology to do or creating the same kind of thing on on your blockchain to use the zero knowledge proofs to prove people are real? Yeah, so we we, uh, we did an announcement last year of, uh, you know, later this year, we're planning on making it so that uh, publishers don't have to, um, they can have, you know, kind of bring their own wallet. Um, so they don't have to go through and only have uphold as the as the option, even though we love uphold, and they've been really great partner. Um, uh, we got a lot of feedback from people, especially in the crypto space saying, like, I want to have my own wallet option to, to cash. So what we did was like civic kind of our first step in, in that direction. Um, I'm not sure exactly when that's coming out. But it's something that we're we're talking with we're talking with a lot of those uh, a lot of those projects on because identity is becoming more and more of a thing you know like uh, in the blockchain space but also with with traditional advertising too and uh, and so like it's something we want to you know we're having discussions with but I'm not sure as far as like timeline goes for that kind of thing okay or I, I was just interested to see if you looked at it because in general I feel like that is one of these these cool targeted use cases that people don't think about because if you're browsing Reddit or if you're browsing whatever. Even Facebook, you don't know who's real and who's not real, and it would be nice to have a little check mark that just says, "Yeah, I was on this network and I'm real." Oh, totally. And that's uh, that's another form of advertising that 
you don't even think about is a, an army of random Reddit people going in and commenting on things and steering the conversation in a certain direction. Oh yeah. Is, uh, unique. Totally. I mean, like we used to have people, um, you know, with our, with our brave payments beta, we used to have people in the community that would say, okay, like, uh, we really want, uh, Joe Rogan to verify with us. Like everyone set your, set your, you know, donations up to like a hundred percent for, for Joe Rogan or this other, you know, uh, YouTube, uh, host every month. And it was kind of like pledge driving, which was really cool to see. We hadn't really anticipated people doing that either, but it's really cool oh, to see cool. what can happen with like, when you let community kind of like, you know, uh, come up with stuff. I wonder, did you, I, I've never looked to see if Joe Rogan was a verified publisher or not. Not yet. We're, we've been trying. <laughs> or our community has been rabid about it. Like, uh, and, and so, like, I think it'll be one of those things where, like, if community shows demand, like, we'll probably just see it show up someday. But, you know, like, we're, we're, we're kind of hands off, like, with, with poaching, you know, particular creators, too. We've been focusing more on kind of, like, uh, just getting getting the ad stuff stood up and then also on like publisher relationship and things like that. But it's not something we say no to either. But our it's a great p- point, though. Like we have like 40,000 publishers and YouTube creators that have verified with us now, which is like it's like doubled, I think, in the last uh, more than doubled in the last year, which is pretty cool. There's no downside, right? Like there's just brave tokens waiting for him if he or base contention tokens waiting for him. If he does it, it's not yeah, like he's yeah. signing a um it's not like he's signing his life away there was that one guy uh i don't remember his name but he freaked out on twitter yeah because he thought that brave was using his likeness and t- accepting donations in his name yeah uh, so maybe it's something like that where people don't understand that it's just money sitting there if you want it you don't have to go get it but well we actually that, like even took that guy's feedback and we we applied it to product change just to kind of like show like hey like you know there are things that just come up where like, you know, our team is like really smart and they, they think through a lot of these scenarios, but you, you catch stuff on Twitter that like, wow, we didn't really consider how, how a, a creator might feel this way about it. Cause we're, we're very user focused. And so like, you know, oh, wow, that's a good point. And so people were scrambling to kind of push something out there to kind of like, you know, show that we were, we were one listening and then two, like acting fast on it. But, um, it, I think a lot of times it's, it comes down to a time and like, and, uh, a timing issue, right? Like people have only so much time in the day to sign up for these things and they probably get hit up with a thousand of them. So, you know, I don't know. I think, you know, there's enough noise than, than people usually can, if they're hip to it, they'll, they'll pick up the signal and, and run with it. We'll see. Yeah. That- He's reasonably pro crypto as far as I don't listen to a lot of his stuff, but I remember seeing some things where he just says, oh, yeah, Bitcoin's cool or whatever the case. And he's libertarian kind of yeah, in his yeah. views anyway. So it makes sense. There's definitely a an intersection of that po- particular political ideal and, and crypto. So I would love to see. Know, his, uh, I'd love to see a screen have a have a brave browser instead of a Chrome with Adblock Plus and all their ad, uh, IO ads dropping in there. <laughs> oh, wait, he's got is, isn't Adblock Plus the one that. Still serves you ads. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, so Adblock, Adblock Plus has uh, acceptable ads enabled by default, which is an initiative that's by this company called IO that owns Adblock Plus, and uh, and but it's also in other browsers too, like and other extensions too, like uh, Adblock and a couple others have it. Um, where basically it's kind of like a pay-to-play thing, where like you know you can show us your ads if you pay us, and like otherwise you know like I don't know, it, it's it's kind of uh, eh. 
they still let Google track you and all that stuff. It's just kind of like their whole thing is, is acceptable. It's aesthetically pleasing and stuff. And we're like, okay, the grown up problems are over here though. Like with privacy <laughs> and stuff. And I don't know. I'm like, I mean, I don't mean to, to sandbag anybody. I, they, they, you know, we're, we're, we're supportive of other ad blocking projects and, and, you know, we want there to be a lot of options out there, but you know, I think that treating this as it's an annoyance, is kind of like not seeing the forest, you know, um, because uh, user privacy has gone out the window. You know, it's really bad. Well, there's two things there. One, they 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 say we are blocking ads, but at the same time, you're being given ads. So if it's an opt-in situation, if they give you a little one-minute video you need to watch that explains, hey, if you opt into this, this helps our development team and we will get money. And also, we're only going to serve you ads that we think are reasonable or whatever. That's different than we're blocking all the ads. Oh, I don't know how that one slipped by. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> and, and sometimes these the things that you see, like because if you're in developer tools and 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 you have this acceptable ads thing that's running, the exceptions you're like, really, I'm really giving Google this data. Like I'm really, you know, kind of they've gone. The lists have gotten huge with exceptions that probably shouldn't be there, but are. And I mean, like it is what it is. They 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 have their power to do whatever they want to do. Um, we just have kind of a different approach about it. Yeah, and they did it quietly too. It's not like. It didn't start that way because I used Adblock Plus, I think, you know, years ago. Yeah, yeah, I did. And I I noticed that it happened, luckily, and then switched to uBlock Origin at the time. And as far as I know, I haven't been messing with that because I've been on Brave Browser. But as far as I know, they're still kind of one of the good guys. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Gore Hill, like, UBO is the best. Like, they're they're really, they're really good. Uh, they're a really good group. I've, uh, we've, we've talked to them from time to time when we've dealt with some pretty gnarly uh, ad blocking situations where, you know, you have companies that will try to circumvent ad blocking. And uh, there have been a couple of times where people powwow on GitHub and you're like, oh, yeah, there's the AdGuard guys. Oh, yeah, there's a UBO. Okay, cool. Like, you know, everyone's kind of trying to figure out how to get past a race condition or some stupid thing that people are doing to try and get around users. Users, uh, users' choices. So I, I want to circle back one more time. Sure, they're, sure. They're, you mentioned Uphold again. I had planned to ask about Uphold because yeah. they were still basically the only option right now. You said you're looking into others. Is Coinbase one of them? Is there going to is, is it possible for Coinbase to swap with Uphold and take that role over? I mean, I don't think we would see something where where it would get taken over. Like, I think Uphold is here for a while. Like, they even just recently just removed all fees, you know, like for for Bat and as part of the partnership, which is really cool. Um, but oh uh, wow, but, yeah, I yeah. Been I mean, touching it, mine because of the fees. I'm like, well, yeah, no, I know. I mean, we would get a lot of feedback about it too. And then all of a sudden, one day, I looked and I saw Uphold had just dropped it on Twitter, and I'm like, wait, what? Oh, that's awesome. And then the community had a really good response to that. So yeah, they kind of cleared out fees and uh, and you know are trying to. They they're participating too with our ads pilot, but I, I could see you know you could see us adding more options for sure, like down the road. Um, I'm not sure which ones will be first. We'll kind of find out, but like yeah, it, it is nice to have a partner that like is receptive, like Uphold is to you know company or community feedback, and like it is all about iterating too, right? Like when we did our token launch, Uphold was really one of maybe three or four that could actually use uh, ERC-20 tokens. And so like in the way that we needed to use it and uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's a, I, I hear people's pain points about it and like, we just have to be pragmatic, right? Like we've got, you know, almost 6 million users and like, you can't really mess around with things to be perfect. We're being pragmatic about it. Okay. Well, it it's, uh, I will say about Uphold, it's a clean interface. I just, 
never touch any of that stuff because I remember the first time I went to cash out. It's not like we make a ton of brave, brave, brave tokens. We, uh, or base tokens. tokens. We had like five hundred or something the first time I looked, and I was yeah, like, yeah. "All right, I'll cash these out." And I'm like, "Oh wait, is it like six dollars to cash these out or whatever it was? It was <laughs> some pretty big percentage." I'm like, oh, "I'll just let that sit there for a while." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they've heard that feedback. I think that the uh, yeah, I mean, and the other cool thing is that, like as we scale too, you know, like more and more people will be the, those those numbers will keep increasing. But what we started doing in June of last year is giving people five bucks a month and bat to like just use uh, for free. And so like publishers have been seeing a little bit more from that, but it's a scale thing. Like now that we've got this new desktop browser, we're able to market it and like get more and more users on it, more and more contributions, et cetera. All right. Is there anything that I didn't cover that you might've wanted to get out there and that or we didn't cover not that i that i didn't ask is oh, there geez, something uh, i might have missed yeah i so i think you know we're we have our ad uh we have our ad preview going on right now like i said before you can go on to brave.com and go down to the bottom of the page there's a dev channel you can check it out test drive it um if you're an advertiser we're actually if you're uh you know one of the things that's been nice is that you know since google and facebook have kind of like made it really hard for crypto companies to advertise we're making it really easy so we have a promo going with crypto projects or blockchain related projects or basically anyone um to they can advertise for 30 days for free uh on our platform with our general release if they uh commit to just spending you know some amount over the two following months after that so if you can go to ads.brave.com if you're an advertiser you'll redirect to our waitlist page we'll get you set up with our program you can have like you know try us out for a month and see uh you know and kind of learn and give us feedback about what you like what you don't like and then uh and then give it a give it a run so those are the two things i think i would like to get out there (laughs) that's cool so if you're an advertiser this is almost like one of your testing channels like this is one of your you can segment further within within brave but when you're like all right i'm going to target 25 to 30 year olds that do this or whatever now it's it's another step in that direction of people who might be privacy minded or people who might like a slightly faster experience or somebody that might be into crypto there there's a brave is another qualifier in that statement and if you're an advertiser, it's something worth checking out if you're giving the option to do it for a month for free. Yeah, yeah, totally. And another thing, you, you know, like the stuff you learn from from our platform, like it's a pretty good messaging, uh, te- message testing environment too. So like you can do A-B testing for messages and then use findings from that to, to go kind of influence other campaigns you want to run too. So like there's a lot of value in that. But yeah, like uh, ads.brave.com, it'll redirect you to our early access page and you can uh, sign up there and then, you know, we'll get you going. If that's something that advertisers want to do. That is super cool. Where can we follow where can we follow Luke on the interwebs uh, space yeah, out there? I'm on Twitter. It's uh, Luke Mulks at that's just my hash uh, my I, my handle on Twitter. Um and then I'm in our Bat Project Reddit often. Um and we have the Bat Project Telegram channel. And uh yeah, I mean I'm pretty easy to find. Uh but uh yeah, Twitter's probably the best bet. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I'm going to remind everybody that we're not financial advisors. Anything that we said was just us talking. It was entertainment. We're uh, just here to present some fun information to you. So do your own research. Make sure you understand all investments have inherent risk. And that's the uh, – I just want to get that disclaimer out there. So thank you for coming on the show again. Another 45, 50-minute conversation that was completely different than the last one. Check out the last episode. That's in the show notes. Check out the Brave 101, the basic attention token 101 is in the show notes also. Learn all about this. And if you haven't checked out the Brave browser, if you click on the thing in the show notes again, we get like five bucks or the equivalent. So do it. (laughs) Thanks. Really appreciate it. 
Thank you again for joining us.